Welcome to Humming Punks with me, Ian Hurst. And me, Jimmy Watkins. Each week we're going to be reviewing a different album as selected by our guests with just three words. It's a bit of a challenge, it's going to be tough, it's going to be fun, it's going to be random, and there might be the odd swear word. Yeah, so if there are any children listening, make sure they already know the swear words in advance. Good advice. Take care, sit back, relax and enjoy. Hey, welcome everybody. Welcome to the next instalment of Humming Punks with me in Hurst and me, Jimmy Watkins. And today, Jimmy, we've got a treat install. Oh, we've wow. got an absolute blinding treat install. We're joined today by Phil Fornally. How are you doing, Phil? I'm pretty good. I'm pretty good. Thank you. Uh, um, good. good to be good. here. And nice to meet you. Amazing. Now let's tell. Let's tell some people exactly, exactly who you are, Phil. Absolutely talented writer, producer, bass guitarist. Who might, who might we have heard you playing bass guitar for, Phil? Oh, crikey. Uh, this all happened a long while ago. I'm, I should just say I'm pretty much retired now. But um, in the past, I played with The Cure and and i suppose more recently with brian adams and then also and then uh, uh, yeah another bands in between producing usually producing or writing shit songs for them yeah <laughs> well you say you say <laughs> well hang on because you say you say in the past and mostly retired now but i mean Pixie Lot's not that long ago. Melanie C can't be yeah, that long um, ago. Yeah, the most recent Ronan thing Keaton, I did was uh, I wrote course, songs with Brian Adams. So on his records, they're the most recent things, like from a year ago. But um, I just got yeah. out of that. Um, I yeah. used to amazing, isn't it? I used to do that uh, every day, Monday, Monday to Friday. Have a new artist write a song for their record, and. Um, you know, for years and years I did that and then I just I just really stopped enjoying it. So I started doing my own thing and went back to my kind of roots of just doing, making my own music, which was was good for me, yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah. what a phenomenal background there. And, and obviously one of the other ones that people might know, which I want to mention, uh, Natalie Imbruglia Torn, absolutely huge. Were you there? Uh, was that one that you wrote? I wrote that. I wrote that with uh, my two friends Scott and Anne, and I produced the record. And uh, and yeah, it was a big. It was a big moment for me because um, uh, very early on in my career, I was successful. I was an arrogant, you know, like guy th that uh, I knew everything, and I did. And I would have, you know, lots of hit records. And then I got to a point where I was just. Unemployed, cold, as we call it in the music business. Nobody want. I couldn't. I can get work as a musician, as a mixer, as a producer, as a writer. And um, with that record, which um, about twenty years old now, but it was phenomenal. And suddenly, I did the. I went from zero to hero. I had. Uh, it was the most fantastic thing to feel to be part of the phone you know people just calling you up like the big names um saying oh we want to write with you record companies saying please produce this and and it was just i was the same guy that nobody wanted to hire yeah. Yeah. but suddenly yeah. it was can you remember where it came from 
What's that? Sorry. Where like the inspiration for it came from? Can you remember where the inspiration for it came oh, for from? Oh, for tour, for tour. Like you were saying that you were, yeah. Well, well, with that, um, we the one of the writers, Anne Previn, um, we were recording demos f- um, for her out for her to try and get a record deal, and this was just one of the songs that we wrote. In this instance, <clears throat> sometimes when you're writing, when you're collaborating. Um, you all chip in on the melody and the lyrics and the chord changes and the track. And in this particular instance, um, myself and Scott did what would be called now the track, you know, like the chord progressions, a bit of a groove. And and Anne um, came in one day and sang a co- the same chord changes, sang a compl- completely different song. Uh, this was on the first day. Second day she came in, she said, I don't like it. I'm going to sing this. And she said, it's called Torn. And I said, Torn? You, that's, that's not a very good title. And, uh, <laughs> and then... They say that about humming punks. <laughs> and, and then it sat, basically, um, it sat on a dusty shelf, that song, for six years. You know, nobody was really oh. interested in it. And then um, I got a publishing deal, and the first person to walk through the door was Natalie. So, um, um, yeah, we, reco- we recorded her singing that, which was the big difference, her lovely, sweet voice with these uh, angstful lyrics. Um, uh, um, but suddenly, then she got a record deal, and it just happened so fast. So in the space of six months... It was kind of like, nobody wants you, everybody wants you. You know, it was... Um, phenomenal, isn't it? It really, really... Phenomenal. Uh, well... Good to be part of. Yeah, absolutely. It blows us away. And it's amazing to have such uh, royalty. So thank you so much. <laughs> there was something that, before we go any further, that Jimmy mentioned to me before before you joined us this morning, uh, which I think Jimmy's got to share, about um, one of one of your songs, Phil. Yes. Uh, I, I believe you mixed the first ever single I bought, which oh, yeah. was a song called Indian Ocean by the Frank and Walters. No, you're so young, yeah. crikey. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Nin- 1996 in Woolworths in, in Pont de Brise, yeah. Fantastic. You only bought a song in 1996. Yeah. God, you are young. <laughs> yeah, 14. I was 14. Yeah. And I saved up money by cutting all the grass in the street. Then I bought that because I think wow. I'd heard John Peel play it. And yeah. I loved how loud one of the guitars was. It was like a real loud chugging rhythm yeah. guitar in it. And I just lo- I yeah. was like, I was obsessed with that. And I, I went out and I bought the single. Amazing. Isn't that funny how with music you 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 you're saying like this one particular thing caught your your imagination, and uh, yeah. that, that's just by chance yeah. I suppose. Um, There's some very funny lads, those guys. You know, um, they were often you work on sessions that are full of like angst and everyone smoking cigarettes back. You know, back in the eighties, and and those guys were just a laugh. You know, and they were talented too, but um, <laughs> they, they were. I was just they call they called themselves.
if you say something like that, so you know, it's like offensive, 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 and uh, yeah, yeah, you better chop yeah, that, better yeah. chop that bit out anyway, because somebody's gonna. <laughs> <laughs> that, that song was just had. I remember urinating. It just had such a like, and this was when Blue were big and stuff, and yeah. you know, it was. It wasn't really hitting me in the way that song hit me. It was just a, a strange energy to it. The mix was mad. And I just thought, that, yeah. that's, that's it. Like, and I think I was aware that this is going to be the first single I ever buy. Like, I just knew. And really? I went, I went, yeah, I went out It's board. special, isn't it? Yeah, so there we are. It's a strange first one. Most people in uh, Wales buy something. The first song I bought, I bought was um, Theme from Shaft, which I'm sure even you gung, young, really? young guys know that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Which was, uh, you know, like the, it was actually sort of instrumental with this very loud wah wah guitar. So yeah. there we go. There, there we, are. There we have it. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's amazing, isn't it? And you do know there's a fa- you do know there's a famous guitar player called Wah Wah Watkins. Did you know that? I did not know that. No, yeah. no, no, I did just, not know that. You know, right, I'm writing that down. Writing it down. Do you know there's yeah. a funny thing, Phil? I'm an interrupt because we, um, when we do these podcasts, we talk. Um, although we say we're not a mental health based podcast, we, we think it's really important to talk about the five ways of well being. Really simple things that help an individual um, with exactly what it says on the tin. Their well being, and we we try and intertwine these into the the podcast that we're doing. And the first ones connect, and we say, well, that's natural. We're 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 us three here are chatting and the listeners are enjoying hopefully hearing us uh we're active and that comes to jimmy going for his running and maybe saying to people go for a walk whilst you're listening to this podcast um we take notice now i'm gonna come back to that one in a moment actually i'm gonna come back to the take notice but one of the key ones we have is learn and this is what's so powerful, you know, how we're going to learn so many things through these through these podcasts, talking to different people like yourself, learning about things that you know and experienced, and and guitar players called Wow Wow Watkins. Is what that him? What a name! What I, what a name! I need Jimmy, another kid. I need another kid. I was just going to say, <laughs> Jimmy, you've only just had a kid. You could have known. Oh, congratulations! <laughs> get back um, in. Come out again. Yeah, get back in. So we're going to learn and um, and like given that now alongside the learning I said I was going to come back to the be active and, and a little thing that we do on here with Jimmy yes. our listeners and yourself now I'm going to give you uh, an album lyrics from the same year of the album you asked us to review so we're going back to 1974 today okay so I'm going to give you some lyrics from 1974 you've got the duration of this podcast to try and work out what these lyrics are <laughs> This is all part of our <laughs> taking notice because I'm going to drop clues into this as well throughout the next oh, 25 minutes well, or so. Fine. Such well, an so can I, if I get Such it, an, I have all the power. If I hear, if I hear the lyrics and I know the song straight away, can I, can I call it? Oh, you say you uh, want me to? Well, you see, the problem if you do that, I want you to do it at the end because the problem if you call it, you take all the fun from our listeners and Jimmy, <laughs> <laughs> and then Jimmy would have Jimmy would be like, "Yeah, I knew that." <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, you're right. Yeah, I know that. Yeah. So I'd say um, if you know it because I can see you, give me a little nod, and I'll acknowledge that. I'll acknowledge that you know it, and then we'll uh, we'll pick up the answer. Because I am a competitor. Oh, no. I am a horrible. Yeah, oh, this is what I'm we want. a horrible competitor. Exactly so I'm just uh, <laughs> like if I'm. Okay, yeah. So, okay, so I'm going to tell you what it is. I'm going to try and do it so that you can't. That I don't sing it. Basically, so this view to all mull over. Ready? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Then we would cook cornmeal porridge. I say, 
of which I'll share with you, yeah? My feet is my only carriage, and so I've got to push on through, but while I'm gone. Do you want me to repeat wow. it? No, don't repeat it. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's quite a tough one now. That's I think really it's quite tough. a tough one. But I can guarantee you, you will know the song. You would have sung the song. Wow. Many, many karaoke's you'd have sung this song. You would know it. Okay, I'm not a horrible man. <laughs> That's not a clue. Yeah. Cornmeal porridge. Cornmeal porridge, okay. Oh. All those wailing kids wanting their porridge, honestly. Right. Okay. Tough one. So, let's chat a little bit more about the album that you asked us to review. Yeah. So, tell us what that was, please, Phil. So, uh, this is a very important album for me. It's by an American artist uh, called Todd Rundgren, um, who is sort of t- unknown now, but back in the day was, uh, I guess, what you call an influencer. And this was a double album he had yeah. called his Christian name, Todd, T-O-D-D. And um, it it was, like you say, released in 74. I probably heard it in about 75. And it was a complete life-changing experience for me personally. For anybody else listening to it, you know, it, here's a public health warning. It's, I think it's what you might call eclectic. eclectic. It's, um, it's the opposite of an Adele record. It's it's unbalanced um, in in the sense that it's very it goes from one style to another, and I find it I found it very inspirational. Did you find it inspirational as a producer? Because Jimmy said this earlier when we listened, he was like, "It's an absolute album for producers because it's got that that range to it." Is well, that- I guess at the time, uh, so I was fourteen or fifteen. And um, I was, uh, you know, I was writing songs then. I'd started playing guitar, a little bit of piano, and had a band with my friends. And um, so uh, here's the big, this is the big moment when you're talking about being a producer. Um, I went around to my neighbor's house, uh, Mike Nacito, who ended up in the band Johnny Hayes Jazz, which was before your time, but... Mm-hmm. Um, he and I were best friends, and and we used to swap. Uh, I'd say, check out these chords. What I've learned from this song, and then he the next day he'd go like, "Have you heard Galveston by Jimmy Webb? This is the chords to that." So it was a very nice kind of exchange of musical ideas. And I went round his house once uh, this day, uh, and um, they had a, a, a kind of in those days you had like a cassette player and an eight track a record player, all in one unit, and they had these big brown headphones. He said, check this out. So I put the headphones on, and I listened to this song, and without sounding too dramatic, my life changed. It was, and I don't know, if if you're ever lucky enough to have that feeling as a kid, um, you know, just something happens, and you, anyway, so I heard this song, and I thought, I have got to know 
how you do this. I've got to know yeah. how you produce this sound. Yeah. I've got to know how you write yeah. a song yeah. like this, how how you arrange background vocals like that. The, uh, I wasn't um, obviously at the time using this sort of, um, I didn't have the power to, to, to describe it in this way. This is, I'm rationalizing it now 40 since, years yeah, later. Since, yeah. But, it, it it was an epiphany. It really yeah. was. I went. Yeah. I yeah. got to know how to how you do this, and from then on, I think it? I stopped playing football. I, I became less interested in girls. I would just sit and play a piano. Um, like in break break times at school, my mates would be going out playing. You know some a pickup game of football and I, and I'd be in this where, where, where the, um, piano lessons took place, which was in these strange kind of garden huts with pianos in. And I, I would just sit in there and try and figure out, teach myself piano. And, and I was always thinking about, um, you know, there was a, there's a certain kind of, sound to that album not not just from production but the chords he that he uses or used then and still uses which are, are very rich i didn't know that at the time you know you usually sit at a piano and everyone sort of knows a c chord you know the three white notes but then yeah. if you play yeah. for for instance it's sort of a broad description say if you then play whilst you're playing that chord, you play another chord of three notes next to it. Now you've got a six-note chord, yeah. and it becomes, to me, it becomes like the mystery of Meza Ozil. You know, it's like this, how does, how, it, it creates all this emotion, all this kind of emotional intelligence, and it, it, that's what intrigued me. Love it. Uh, uh, that that yeah. is, wow. I mean... Lot of pressure on us for our three words each, Jimmy. <laughs> well, you know what? Yeah, uh, it is. But I'm really glad to hear you say that because when I first put Todd on, um, I was like, "This is what yes. I was excited yeah. about doing this podcast." I was, I was hoping something like this would happen, and for it to yeah. happen like now is just amazing. And and kind of the whole journey. Like just through the album blew me away, and then I ran to it again yeah. this morning. I went for a run in the dark with it on. Wow. I went for a, like, a nice hour, and I was just like, "This is." I don't even know if I can find my way home. Oh, That's what I was thinking. Yeah. I, I've gone. I've gone. I better. I better text my wife. Yeah. I've, I've left the planet. So I'm. I'm glad because sometimes when an album changes your life or you feel it's got that much impact on you, you think. I yeah. hope this has happened to somebody else. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I hope I hope I haven't fallen this for some is, kind yeah. of trick here. I hope this is a genuine and this yeah. is the, life changing exactly thing. So this is the mar- it sounds so simple when we said we're going to review an album in three words, but this is what we are hummingbirds all about. What yeah. running punks is all about by having someone else share with you their album that you've never heard before. You're like, wow! Yeah. It just mm. shows you how big the yeah. world of music is. That, that you think you're, uh, you know, you know yeah, stuff. Totally. Like, nah, I don't know anything here. Yeah. yeah. And I, I think the pressure of having three words to sum it up makes you <laughs> yeah. listen to it more. Yeah. Like, it's not just like we just have a chat about it. You just listen to it and you're like, oh, you know, yeah, I listened to it and this is what I thought. It's like, yeah. right, really narrow it down. What is this album all about in three words? And I was, well, you know, I've written pages. Oh. I've written pages of notes and it's I'm just, interested. I'm really interested to know how yeah. how, how you, you're going to, like, <laughs> like uh, boil it down to three words. Uh 
Oh God, Jimmy, do you want to go first? I yeah, if you want. Where were you listening? So you you said you listened to it once whilst running, and once when was I, the other time? I day? listened to it at home yesterday yeah. on headphones, like yeah. just while my two kids were screaming in the background. I just ignored yeah. them and listened to yeah. this. And then I woke up this morning. I thought I need to listen to that while I'm running. So yeah. I've listened to it sitting still and moving. Okay. Yes, with your words. Go. Uh, first okay. word. Okay. Jimmy likes big words as well. He's a swordsmith of his, of his descriptive words. <laughs> no, I, I'm very simple. Jimmy's big grand words. I just know yeah. how to use Google. That's the difference. Um, so my first word, right? And yeah. I was really, I was thinking, is it a bit morbid to put this word in? But I think this topic is approached in a way that I think is quite uplifting. My first word is death. Wow. <laughs> right? Okay. But in the way that... Can you imagine you could think when you were dead? I think you'd have thoughts like in the song Lord Chancellor's Nightmare Song. To me, that's the kind of thing you would think if you had a brain when you were dead. Honestly, it was like, this is, it's, I mean, it's, it's not of this world. It's, It's not a dream. It feels more real than a dream. And, I don't know. That's my first okay, word. Okay. It, yeah, we love that. There, I mean, uh, you know, Phil was like, "What?" No, but no, yeah. I get that. <laughs> Phil, with your rationale now, yeah, I, like I, it. I, I for, for it, I'd almost forgotten about that song because that's actually the song from an opera. It's not one of his songs, but it it's kind. No, of, no way. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's that's really? I guess what you'd call a cover. He, um, but it's interesting that you picked that one because it is just. It's pretty. It's pretty nuts. It's pretty indulgent. I've got that written down as well as my key song to comment on. So it's clearly um, resonated yeah. with all of us. That's yeah. the one where I was running and I just thought, whoa, what's going on here? Like, I, I need to stop. I need to stop running. Um, my second word yeah. uh, is experience. Because hmm. okay. there's one lyric in there where he says, it's a dangerous drive. I'm afraid to arrive. And I was like, that's a weird lyric because... The drive is dangerous, but in a way, you're afraid to arrive, so you don't want the drive to end. And to me, oh, yeah. that felt like you're talking about oh, experience you, you, there. You're talking about like whatever you're experiencing in your life can feel dangerous, but you don't want it to end. Yeah. So I got experience from it. Uh, okay. And it felt like something. Say, say you listened to Todd and you're inspired by it. You couldn't recreate it because I don't think you could experience what he's experienced to yeah. make it. Do you know what I mean? It felt really. I don't know. It reminded me of Zapper in a way. Yeah, I it's never very really Zapper. liked Zapper. It was like a, I was a Zapper, the f- but it felt yeah. more real than Zapper. Zapper feels a bit like a show sometimes. It's all surreal stuff. Zapper actually, Todd Runger had a band called Utopia, and Frank Zappa um, just made fun of Todd Runger, and so much so he had an album called The Man from Utopia. Where, where, because it was the similar kind of seventies prog rock. There are some pop tunes, but there are moments where it goes very kind of fusion. I guess you'd say, you know, like uh, electronic fusion, and 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 quite quite uh, difficult to. Um, Follow unless you listen to it for two hundred, uh, two thousand times, like me. Yeah, but, yeah, but, yeah, I can imagine. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah, yeah. I can imagine. Go on, Jimmy. What's your third word? So, I want to hear third. Yeah, because the pressure's on to get long words in there. So Ooh. it's proclivity. Talk us, talk us through proclivity. <laughs> <laughs> so initially, it was desire. It sounds like a bio acid. <laughs> <laughs> Initially, the word was desire because I, I was okay. like, "Oh, there's you know, oh, there's a lot of richness to it." Um, 
I kind of want to go on a trip. So he's going on. Like, so I'm, I'm craving this kind of insights into the world. But then I thought I've got to pick out a big word here. So I found proclivity, which is like a tendency to choose to do something regularly. So I felt like the album, it, I felt it went from, it had like amazing, like tender love songs. And then all of a sudden you have something with real swagger, you know, like in, yeah. just that mix. And I just thought that's him deliberately yes. choosing to do something. Like he's deliberately wants to push and is like, there were songs with tempo changes in there. And, and to me, it was like, there's a desire there, but then also he's going out of his way to do yeah. it deliberately. He's, yeah. You know, yeah. he's constantly chasing this, yeah. pushing boundaries. So nice. Those are my three words. Mate, I love them. I love, I, 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 do you know, Phil, well, what are your I thoughts think, on those three I, words? I think, Jimmy, uh, with, the, with the last comment in particular, that uh, that's what I enjoyed about uh, the record when I heard it, that you'd have one song that was almost like a Beach Boys pastiche, and then um, then there'd be another, like a pop song that lasted a minute, and like he just, that Todd had, had uh, sort of... Re- re- you always get the sense he'd recorded it very, very fast because he's surrounded by really good musicians. So he's like, let's do this. And um, that tendency to do, okay, I did that. And I guess maybe this is proclivity that, that I've done that. Now I'm going to do, now I'm going to do a five minute like acid drenched jazz piano thing with a bit of a song in it and you can imagine the record company going okay Todd that's great you know like it's that's I think that's what the proclivity part that's what attracted me as as a 15 year old was like oh you can do this yeah yeah, yeah. it's it's not one song like an Eagles album one song sounds like the next song like the next song like and I know they're probably Eagles fans but come on it's just uh life is full of you know we've been talking about um mental health and 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 life is full of peaks and troughs and uh, and um and in some ways I don't think yeah, this album is a is is a melange of of all these different styles, and it somehow yeah. is a bit like life. You know, that's that's just what life yeah. serves up. Yeah, I love that. I don't. I I, I absolutely love that because I think you've you've nailed. It. I've never heard an album as diverse as this. Yeah. And, and that's the, 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 I don't think you get no. that anymore. I don't think you get. You couldn't so, make so, this now. No. <laughs> so like my, my three, I am denied over my three words loads. And what I really wanted to just say was no shits given. Yeah. yeah and that <laughs> yeah. I think links to, he just went, yep. this is mine. This is what I'm doing. Deal with it. And that, I think we've all kind of said the same thing here. Just that freedom to be like, I do what I want when I want. They're not my words, by the way. I wanted oh, to say not your those three words. Three words but I, they, it is that oh. kind of vibe. They're not my three. No, but I, I they, overall, that's what I was thinking. I, I was like, do I just say that? As see, my three see words? I but think to put it in context, which I learned years later, he, he was the highest paid producer in the world at the time. Wow. So this was almost like not a hobby, but... Um, uh, and he'd had hits on uh, an album, two two albums before. So the record company would indulge him, yeah, and, yeah. And, and they and also because he was, um, you know, that in a, in in the music business, if you're having hits, people are kind of like they revere you. 
and uh, so I guess that was that gave him the opportunity to have this indulgence that we're kind of, which I enjoyed, and hopefully you, you, you're you're enjoying too. But um, yeah, yeah, I loved it. I loved it. Yeah, I've listened to it probably three times now. Uh, first time driving to Plymouth, I had to make a long drive the other week, and um, it was driving late at night, heavy Ooh. fog. Uh, and torrential rain all in one and I had this album on and much like you Jimmy uh, it was like is this real is this actually (laughs) happening to me right now Um, and I listened to it again this morning I woke up and my my wife was still getting ready and we put it on and she went is that David Bowie track one the start Uh, and I was like no it's not and then Jimmy had sent me something the other day and mentioned it and I had to go back but you were talking about a completely different album Jimmy but the, the, the sounds of Bowie that first track and yeah. I was like mm, yeah I get that um, but my first word then psychedelic 100% yeah, psychedelic I was, yeah yeah right just like I, I think that within seconds hit me when I was driving down a dark country lane I was mm. like psychedelic yeah um, yeah uh, but what I've had to do with the album I'm not going to give it any yeah one word no more kind of detail but I've had to split the album into sections for, for reasons like I couldn't do three words that covered the whole album other than psychedelics. My other two words are kind of segmented. Um, and more so because of LP's worth of tunes. Mm-hmm. Oh, what a song. Followed wow. by Lord Chancellor, which we've now learned is from an opera. And I hope I caused no offence this, but when I heard them, it was like an... Amdram. Yes. I'm using it as one word, like an yes, amateur good. dramatics yeah. kind of like oh just do, 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 do my, uh, yeah. that yeah. So Amdram is one of my second. You'll find second uh, on, yeah. on <coughs> excuse me on most of his albums. He not so much now, but there 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 was always like a silly song. Yeah. And an LP's worth of tunes, uh, you know, from a if you're in the music business, it's the song is basically saying, "What the hell am I doing trying to make a living yes. off 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 of songs?" And then subsequent albums, there'll usually be um, like a change up of style. There'd be a love song, then there'd be a rock song, and then there'd be the silly song. And and in fact, one of <laughs> one of his silly songs years later, which is called. Um, I want to bang on the drum all day, which is is um, that's basically how he makes his living now because that's used. I, I don't know if it's at baseball stadiums or football stadiums. You know the type of song they play every time there's a score or a, or a half time. Really? Yeah, because it, it's you know it, the lyric is I don't want to work. I just want to bang on the drum all day, and it's and it's a three chord song, yeah. but it's sort of like. Help his worth of tunes. It's the throwaway song from one album that now finances his lifestyle of living in Hawaii. Nice. It's crazy. But doesn't it make sense? I was, but when I was listening to it, I got exactly that, that, that he sat there saying, what the hell am I doing trying yeah. to make a living off of yeah. uh, making an album, basically? Yeah. And you, so as, as am jam as it was and upbeat and silly and thing, you could think, I actually You know what, what I think? That, that this has made me, um, sorry to butt in, but makes no. me think of these, I find with contemporary music, m- most songs like seem to be for rather somber piano chords mm. 
then a massive beat comes in and the four chords stay the same and the singer's going oh, my boyfriend's <laughs> left me and now in the 70s people were just having you know glam rock you talked about David Bowie there was um, it was a lot of fun you know sweet yeah. and Slade uh, I know they're before your time but you must know some of the Slade records they're just yeah like, oh god yeah, yeah absolutely yeah, yeah. In people just it, it, were was, just uh, being outrageous, this. and um, you yeah. know, like the, the the a lot of the Christmas songs that come from the seventies. Yeah, I wish it could be Christmas every day. I mean, it's just it's just nuts. It's someone having fun. Yeah, yeah. Uh, um, exactly but you very exactly. you don't hear that. In, I don't hear that in contemporary records. Correct me if I'm yeah. wrong, but no, no, no. Well, definitely. We were saying that um, the way I said, so whilst Jimmy loves his big words, I, I'm a visualizer. When I hear music, I visualize places, situations, events, um, and so when I was listening to this, and I, I didn't use it as a word because I, I, I didn't feel it fit, but I was having images of tie dye, long hair, California. That that vibe was just all over me with people without a real care in the world, just going about life. Um, but with this undercurrent of things happening in the world and things changing, but I couldn't get it in a word. So whilst I was visualising it, um, I chose not to go with any of those. My th <laughs> third word, electric. Yeah. 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 Electric was kind of the closest I could get, either whether it was from the guitar on some of the yeah. tracks that you could really hear, the synthesised stuff that was coming through. And I thought electric was kind of the best... Yeah. Um, the best word I could have. So. Yeah, they definitely they definitely used electricity on that record. Yeah. <laughs> no, I'm, uh, I, I mean in the sense that it's the opposite of organic. Everything is. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's everything produced, is. Uh, you know, everything is fucked up. Yeah. You know, every, every sound, um, the, a lot of the concepts, and obviously, um, you know, if, if we're. Um, the, the album there's the sense of psychedelic as you said first like yeah. it's like a trip yeah and obviously uh, in the 70s all those kind of peyote and lsd really really bad for you yeah. but um yeah <laughs> there's an interesting program about lsd on netflix called the mind explained 20 minutes long watch it anyone i recommend this uh, with training that i do around mental health i mentioned this series and it talks about lsd in 20 minutes well they're now it's saying they're now studies um that uh you know are suggesting the original idea of LSD was was to help mental health health patients, yeah. and now they're beginning after years and years of the um, what they call SSI, the uptake the serotonin uptake uh, oh, yeah, inhibitors. Yeah, yeah. Um, they're now and and that um, treatment for mental health has hasn't changed for forty years, fifty years, yeah. because there's no there's not enough. Uh, I, I think that the, the drug companies can make more money, you know, um, looking at, at like curing COVID. That, well, not that they're making money from it, but um, and now uh, I was reading a book the other day. And it's not the first time I read this where they're, they're talking about, you know, like um, uh, treating mental health. Obviously, this would be with a with a with a doctor or a psychiatrist. It's it's yeah. it's not an advert for to go and you know. 
take because nobody knows if you're buying drugs on the street do they know nobody knows what's in them but the idea that uh, going back to the original idea of lsd as this uh, um to try and help you um kind of give you some context to what what's going on but um yeah it opens all your brain from memory what they were saying is the amount of our brain that we don't use in day-to-day life is, is you know we use a tiny percentage of it and this lsd what it was it, it, watch the program people yeah, but it, okay. was, it was kind of saying how it opens up all these other doors within your brain that we currently walk around having them completely closed um but i think anyway enough on lsd before we get into grounds <laughs> that we don't know about but yeah, we don't, um, I don't know. it was certainly for me yeah that electric kind of vibe yeah. that feeling um you when you emailed us this album you kind of did a three-word uh, description without, I think, even knowing it. And and I remember reading it thinking, wow. wow. And whilst I was trying to do my three-word, I kept thinking, don't reread the email because it would influence my answers. Can you remember what you no, said? No, uh, I'm, uh, I'm sorry, Ian. It was... Um that, that w- no, 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 fine. I'm going to find it because I that remember. That would have been a week ago. I've not looked and, at it uh, short term, know, short term memory. I've, I've <laughs> deliberately not gone back to it yeah. because I didn't want it to um, to to do it. But you've described it as tuneful ditties, trippy jazz indulgences, heavy metal pop. Yeah, oh yeah. A mess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I was like, and so I remember reading it and thinking, I'm not going back to that because it will influence yeah. my thoughts. And that's the first time I've read it since. And I think you summed it up pretty bloody well. I, I always, um, when in my 20s, when I, I was, you know, you know, you become such a fan of, of um, some artists or, and, um, if, for years, I would try and try to introduce um, like my flatmates. Um, they'd be pl- playing, you know, like you're you're together for eighteen months in a flat, and you hear their music, and and I'd be like, yeah, check this out, and everyone would just go like, what the, what the fuck is that taking, <laughs> you know, and and uh, so I got used. Uh, so when, whenever I introduce someone to, to this, I say it's really important. This, this record this artist for me but i know it's um it's uh, and it's not i'm not like being like wow i'm so deep that uh, you're, you're not going to get it i'm just going it's really hard work you got to remember when i heard it i was 14 and and like my mind was you know um excited by music and then i heard yeah. this which just seemed to be doing the opposite and I don't even know if it was the opposite. It, it intrigued me. It, it, oh, it more than intrigued me. It fascinated me. And so, so I like to warn people, like, if you're going to listen to it, um, it's sort of better to overhear it. Maybe like you said, your wife heard it and she said, oh, it sounds a bit like David Bowie. Then maybe if you overhear it, then you go, well, that's pretty weird. But if somebody sits you down and says, like, Listen to this. Now that's a turn off. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I I can only thank you for for introducing me to it. I, right. I honestly mean that. I think it's been yeah. a real experience. I don't know how quickly I'll go back to yeah. it. Like it might not be top of my playlist, yeah. but I think to be introduced to it was amazing. Oh, oh, oh. Absolutely. And I don't yeah, don't deny yeah. that. It was a great album. I'm running I'm gonna I'm gonna run to it yeah. again tonight. There's definitely a- I, I Definitely. Are you going to? Are you going to do a review on it yeah. when you run? Do a, can you do I a review? I might do a running yeah. review, yeah. I yeah. might do a running review. And sorry, like quickly to go back to the album. One thing 
we haven't really talked about the lyrics and some of the lyrics in there are amazing like there's one about thinking about death and getting hard <laughs> like oh, really? <laughs> such a weird <laughs> lyric um but the the um heavy metal kids when he says about everybody has got a heavy metal kid inside them kind of thing that yeah. is just such a simple it, it works like a, a great line in a poem yeah. you just think about he's talking about all these leaders who are ruining the world with the atom bomb and then you think of but those people who were destroying the world have got a little heavy metal yeah, kid inside exactly. them and I was like that is wow. just wow what you don't usually think of heavy metal fans like yeah. that as hippies and caring but that's with that little line yeah. in that song I just thought the lyrics are amazing on there as well so Absolutely. I think overall just what, what a work yeah. of art absolute work of art absolute work of art and you, you don't get many other albums like that from 74k okay? um, yeah. but, but I did give you some lyrics. Let's just try think now. I've not been able to give as many clues away. Yeah, I forgot about this week that. I forgot about the, the clues. Yeah, see, you forgot about this. So I'm going to give I you. I haven't got a clue. You haven't got a clue, no. Well, can you give no? us? Can you no, drop no, the clues no. in again? Okay, so um, I gave you a clue about whaling kids or whaling. 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 Uh, Bob Marley. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. yeah, Bob Marley and the Whalers. Okay, so we've got the artist. We've got the artist. Do you want me to read the lyrics to you once more? Yeah. Um, yeah. Yes, please. Okay, so we know the artist. Okay. Then we would cook corn meal porridge, I say. Mm. Of redemption which I share song. with you, yeah? Is it Redemption Song? No. Ah. No. My feet is only my carriage, and so I've got to push on through. What? But while I'm gone... Mm. Buffalo Soul yeah. no let me give you a line before it you'll get it Ursh uh, said 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 I remember when we used to sit remember in the government yard in Trenchtown in the government down in Trenchtown uh, and then Georgie would make the firelight I say a log would burn in through the no, night no no woman no cry then we would cook, cook there we go we yeah. got it oh. no woman no cry from uh, Natty Dread of the same year yeah. 1974 what a great recording what October great... 25th 1974 that was a... I like this little game we play getting your brains thinking there it was yeah. so it was hard yeah. for me to drop that clue in I wanted to go and get Bob Marley in somewhere and I missed it when I was doing my words I could have got Bob Marley in but there we go there we go yeah um, that, that... We've How about that? A song minutes. that I know really well, but I don't know. But I'd yeah, you'd have all sung that. You'd have all sung yeah. it at yeah. some point. Karaoke's. Nah. No. I wouldn't have sung a Bob Marley song at karaoke. No? Nah. What is your nah. karaoke song, Jimmy? Uh, Baby One More Time, Britney Spears. Oh, nice. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Phil, yours? Um, What's your karaoke I've, song? I've only ever done. This is going to sound really bad. I've, I've only done. You know, um, I've stood up in pubs and sung before, but I've only actually done karaoke once, and it was a friend's birthday party, and there were two singers, one of which uh, was James Fox, the Welsh pop star. Do you know him? Yeah. He was. Um, yeah. The other one was James Bay, international recording artist. None of them would. They all sat there looking very, very meek. Everyone was drunk. And I said, I grabbed the, I grabbed the microphone. What did you sing? I put on Torn. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. I was like, I know when this you one. finished, I hope you went. Yeah. Yeah, I hope when you finished, you went. Yeah, I wrote that. And they were no. like, what? No, I did, I did the. Yeah, I Nothing's fine, I'm torn. Crank. 
Just drop the mic. Yeah, know, mic drop. <laughs> Boom. Yeah. I love that. That's got to be the best story ever. Singing your own song. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, mine's Deacon Blue Dignity. There you go. Oh, okay. He's real serious. Yeah. You're a very serious man. Yes, that man is. I meet walks down our street working for the council. Has been 20 years. <laughs> Takes no lip off nobody and litter off the gutter. <laughs> I could go all day. Yeah. Um, Phil, we've, we've done 42 minutes, which I believe in the world of podcasts is um, our, our pretty much our limit. So right. all I can say is thank you so, so much for, for being with us. Yeah, it's a pleasure. Introducing uh, us to Todd. Yeah, it's a pleasure. I'm, I'm ashamed really we didn't get it. to talk more about Jimmy's career and, um, you know, touch on... I, I thought we were going to be touching more on some, some mental health stuff. Um, but... Uh, Let's Let do we it. Can, we can do a part two. Well, wait, wait, we can... Can we keep going? I guess we can just keep going. Yeah, can yeah. We? Let's keep going. Come well, on. Let's do it then. Okay. If oh, you've no, got may, time, we've maybe got you time. should put out... Check, put it out and see if anybody likes it. You might get repeat... <laughs> people going, this is... The, <laughs> this is a shit album. I'm never going to listen to Jimmy's rec- recommendations again. Every, everybody's career is on the floor and you're, you're like, damn, that filth on alley. And he, and he keeps insisting we pronounce his name right as well. What a bastard. <laughs> well, no, we, we all learned something today. I think that's a brilliant one. Well, we can talk more. We could do a part two. We just, uh, it's, it's, you know. What, okay, give me one do, question. Do you want to talk about Jimmy's career? I want one question. Like, so you're an 800 meter runner. Did that mean that occasionally you, you would run um, like in a relay team or was that very specific? Like to do hundred meter? Do the, is, is there a four hundred meter relay? Yeah, there is. There is the four hundred meter relay. Is actually the reason I started doing eight hundred meters because in a four hundred meter relay you don't have to stick in lanes, so you it's a lap of the track and you can all run yes. as a pack, overtake. And yeah. I loved that. And I yeah. I used to be a four hundred meter runner. And my coach said, if you love that, you'd love the eight hundred meters because after 100 metres, it's 700 metres of all in one lane, pushing each other, elbowing each other, swearing at each other. It, you love it. It's like rugby without a ball. So, Was there lots yeah, of swearing there? Yeah. In, in oh, the my word. Yeah. I remember this race promoter, I forget his name, I can't remember his name, but I remember him taking me aside once and saying, like, you're doing well at this level, running for Wales. He said, when you get out with the big boys, it's yeah. going to blow your mind what it's like on that track. And I was like... Like, what are you on about? Running's running. It's a non-contact sport. And I never forget the first time I ran for Great Britain in Florence, in Italy. And after the first 100 metres, I'd cut my finger open because there was a really tall German athlete in front of me. And his, his stride length was so long, his spikes were kind of no. close my face. Yeah, yeah. So I was just running, Fuck. caught my finger, and my finger started bleeding. I had an elbow to the ribs. And I was oh, I you thought, loved it. You rose to it. the best thing ever. Yeah. For like... Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, for a five foot ten guy from the valleys in Wales. So you learn all the dirty tricks yourself. You just run in. Really? Yeah, I was like, you run in. You run in as fast as you can go. You're absolutely exhausted, and you've got people pushing you. you, And I was like, this is brilliant. When when you get, I love it. When you get to that point where you're you're like um, physically uh, at the edge, but you've got another four hundred meters to go. And is that real? What happens with your mind then? Are you just going, my body is telling me to stop and breathe, but my mind is, is so passionate about getting to the end. Yeah, it, it's, what goes it's on? A funny, it, it's, a fu- it's a funny one because like 
no matter how much you trained, you could only run 500 meters until you started hitting the wall. Like no matter how much you trained, you couldn't, your body can't do more than 500 meters at that kind of speed until you start feeling it. Yeah. So it really became a case of in training, preparing yourself mentally for the pain of the final 300, 200 meters. Yes. Um, And I think when it came to the race, you just had to think about the basics. You had to, once that happened to you, you had to just think, move my legs, move my arms, breathe. You had to just strip any fear of the pain away. You had to just deal with all that and training. So, and like I was, I, I used to wonder, like, am I the only runner on the start line who's already scared about hitting that 500 meters? I know it's coming, you know, and you'd look around and you think at the end of the day, we're all pretty much over 400 meters. We're all pretty much the same speed. Like from, from when, from a, someone who only runs in the heat of the Olympics to the wind of the Olympics, you're all pretty much over 400 meters. You'd be the same speed. Yeah. You won't, it'd be like right. a second in it. It's how you can get to 500 meters yeah. and how you can just deal with it whilst thinking about tactics going on and how you can get to that finish line. And yeah, it was a, a real lesson in just like, just stripping everything down and just thinking about the basics, like pump your I, legs, I, pump your arms. Actually, when you were breathe. saying that, I was thinking um, like the mental health thing. When uh, when I was in my valley, um, the idea of like just breathe and move your arms like I had, to, yeah, it made me think of that. I've just been like dead everywhere else and just like, this is going to, this is going to, the race is going to end, yeah. but it's going to take, you know, months or years or whatever. But um, like that thought of, of, of like getting, knowing that you can get to the end. Yeah. Even yeah. though it's going to be painful. Yeah. That's, yeah. that's fascinating. Did you have... Um, uh, a sports psychologist. I did actually, yeah. For the for the last season, we had, and she had an amazing name for sports psychologist. I never forget it. Her name was Joy Bringer. Joy Bringer. And never, she was the Joy Bringer. Yeah, and I was like, this is amazing. This is amazing. Yeah. And yeah, and I, I, she helped me a lot with dealing with, like, I, sometimes I would almost defeat myself before the race because I'd be like, I'd be on the start line, and if you just look over your shoulder. I was like, that is where the pain starts in a in a lap and a bit time. That's Not even worrying about the other competitors. You're going. No. Wow. And she really taught me how, like, running at the end of the day, like you can train as much as you want, you can have all the advice you want, but at the end of the day, the the winner is often the person who can just run with a clear yeah. mind. Yeah. At the end. Because I was going to say, as an athlete, and I guess, is there ever a moment uh, like when you're running and you think you can see how close success is oh but you yeah, can't yeah. Physic- like so I always imagine when you're watching the race and you've got the winner you everyone's watching the winner everyone's watching the guy go through or the guy or girl go through but the two or three behind in those moments in time their minds must be I'm so, I just can't get there I can't do it and I'm so close and I want to that must be such a weird feeling essentially watching defeat in front of you and not yeah. being able to do anything about it well when I, when I ran in the final of the World Champs with a hundred, no, no. with a hundred, <laughs> this is why we don't go into these topics. <laughs> with, yeah, but with oh, 150 well, credit meters, to you, yeah. credit to you. That's fantastic. Yeah, well, with, with, a, with 150 meters to go, I was in the lead, and 
I remember just having like that, that it only lasted for maybe two or three seconds, but honestly, it felt like a lifetime because I was in the lead. I started wow. thinking about my PE teachers in school, mm. like how, how happy they're going to be when I win this. I started thinking about like, oh. I'm going to buy a Lotus I'm gonna be when I win this. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> and it, the next thing you know, everyone's gone past you yeah. and you come last. And it's, <laughs> it just it happens so, like it's happened so quick, but at the same time, your brain, it seems to be like something that goes on forever. Yeah. And I've always been, like, this is genuine now. If I find someone who loves track and field running, I'm always amazed because for me, the real drama in athletics is what's going on in the competitor's head. For, as a spectator watching it, I'm like, why are you in... I don't understand why you're enjoying this yeah. because it just looks like guys running at about the same speed. Yeah. I'm like, the real drama is in your... Like, what you're thinking about when you're running. If, if you could find a way so we could hear what runners oh, are thinking amazing. you'd be like this is mad this is wild he's <laughs> yeah. in the lead and he's thinking about mashed potatoes I was going to say that is that is it better to <laughs> yeah. go to a place of comfort when you're hitting that final 300 wall to try and just yeah. keep the arms pumping keep the legs pumping and think about mashed potato I don't know you didn't I, have a song a go to a go to song you know like a chorus like Indian Ocean or you were yeah, yeah Indian Ocean was definitely one of them I used to this is a weird one I learned to play when I was really young um, All Things Must Pass by George Harrison on yeah, an acoustic yeah. oh a lovely song yeah and I used to think about how the chords kind of dissolve like when you play in it, how George Harrison had these little chords that kind of like just like it goes to a G and then it just dissolves. I used to think about that and I used to think like my technique is falling apart. And I used to think weird things like I'm no longer running in a major chord, but let's just get over the line in like a minor. Oh, wow. Like I felt in terms of that, like I'm falling apart, but what I'm doing is still making sense. And I used to think, yeah, things like that a lot. Isn't it, an awful lot. Isn't it funny how you, you did just fall out of love of it when it became that? Yeah, I think you remember you saying you missed running in like woods and stuff and just being off track. Yeah, I did. I mean, after they did the World Championships, it became really serious and it was like, this is your job now. Like, you're a full-time athlete and you would travel around Europe, you race in a different country every weekend and you're on your own. And I'm just like the kind of guy, I struggle being on my own. I struggle because um, I just pick up a book and I I was finding that mentally I was... I was getting softer because I was like reading more. I was listening to more music, and I was just like, "Oh, I just these are nice thoughts. I just want to stay with these thoughts. I'm not. I didn't want to go on the track and get that mental toughness back. Yeah. I just, I want to just dream and think. And that's when I really struggled. And I was warming up for a race in Holland, and I was running around the woods next to the track. And I just thought, I don't want to leave the woods and go on the track. I just want to keep on jogging around here. This is no, where, right. you know, this is where I'm enjoying. How did my you running, do in that so. run? In that race, did you compete still? Did you you leave the woods and went and competed? No, yeah, I went to, yeah, I went to the track. <laughs> you didn't just go away, well. <laughs> Where's but, Jimmy? But, but looking back at that, would you say that, because um, you obviously had talent, the record shows you had talent, but if you're running in the woods, having these, I don't want to do this anymore, was that... Was that um, because you wanted to do music or because do you think you're like somewhere in your in the back of your head in your psyche was saying this is destroying you or something like something dramatic that that was pulling you back from or or, or was the voice telling you i don't want to do this anymore actually do you look back and go like i uh, i regret that i definitely i do regret it um but it was a weird, it was, it was a strange time to run cause, because um, it was the only running I was aware of was running on a track. I wasn't really aware of like running now. You've got the ultramarathons, you've got lots of road races. 
I think if that was as big a thing as it is now, I would have gone, maybe running on the road is for me, maybe ultramarathons are where mm-hmm. I, I should be doing it. But it was like, you just brought up, if you're fast, you run on the track and you, you run until you're 30 and then you become an ex-athlete. And I, I remember just thinking, I'm kind of losing my personality for a sport that I've probably got five years left in yeah. if I'm lucky. Um, and one of the things I'm really excited about now is that I'm 38 now and last year I ran 10 kilometers faster than I ever have in my life. Um, and I'm just thinking, I got like, I got maybe 10, 15 years of running ahead of yeah. me now, now that I'm doing running on the road and stuff. Yeah. So I just like, I wish I could like to say to that 24 year old version, look, if you're not enjoying a track, you running is good for you. Just run elsewhere yeah. is a different type of running, you know? And it yeah, is, I do regret it. Yeah. I, I th- uh, yeah. Certainly when I, I used to sort of train, well, you know, as a, as a keen amateur, and I'm thinking about it now. There's a place a mile away called Hampstead Heath. And when it gets muddy, it, you could go around the same course, but it would be different every day, depending on the on the weather. Maybe in summer, you know, the all, all the hills would be dry. But, um, yeah, it was so challenging. Um, yeah, it makes it so much more fun. And, and I can imagine if you're going around a track and you're going around a track... It's a different city, a different country, but you're going around a track and um, you're probably looking across. I was just going to say, you're looking across at the other seven people going, yeah, yeah, I like him. He's a wanker and, you know, yeah. It is funny that, isn't it? It's, yeah. when, you, when you put it like that, it's, um, but it's even the same if you're going for a run as a, as you said, as an amateur, just to have a different route. You know, I go running in the mornings, I go a different route, even slightly different. But it, I'll tell you what's interesting, when you do a route and you do it backwards, that throws you, doesn't it? Oh, why, yeah. Why yeah. does that throw someone so much? You think, well, yeah. I'm just doing my bit, whoa, hang on, this is all out of sync, I yeah. can't do it this way. But that's the ultimate, the ultimate mix-up. So, how much do you run then, Phil? Well, I'm more, I, I used to run when, um, like, even when I was working hard in the music business, I got into it, um, and uh, I always sort of ran, I was decent at, at cross country at school, you know, I'd win that. And then um, I suppose in my 30s, before we had kids, I really got into half marathons, marathons. And I, uh, before there were magazines telling you what you should do and you shouldn't do, I used to run like 10K six to five days a week you know just yeah. we could not no fartlek or you know like mis- mixing it up or just do 20 minutes but do it fast it was just one hour one hour one hour and i just try and yeah. you know um but but i really enjoyed that part of it where where um, i mentioned very early on where where you'd go into this kind of zen kind of figure out your problems and the good thing about um i found with lockdown is you can't you can't go to a gym so i cycle a lot now and um you know when you're outdoors for an hour or two hours or whatever and it clears clears your mind it seems yeah absolutely you know so it's funny i was saying to um uh, or Jimmy knows this so I had a back up about I don't know three four years ago now wow that was uh, serious then yeah I had di- discs removed and um, I used, I loved running I was a uh, you know I, I, my claim to fame I reckon I could have had you in my day Jimmy I did a, I could did a, I did a 10k in 44 minutes once what was yours the other day? Uh, 34 unbelievable <laughs> I'm the fastest man I know, and you've just done it in 34 minutes. Oh my with god! The Go- 
with a GoPro in my hand, <laughs> listening to. Um, I filmed myself running into dead candies, rotten food oh, for vegetables. I love it. That's hurt my chest. Anyway, I, I enjoyed I, I, running. Yeah. And then, Shut up, Jimmy. All your thirty-four yeah. minutes <laughs> filming myself. Thirty-four minutes jogging. I, but I used to like running. I used to love. I love running. I had my back up, and I couldn't run anymore. My wife carried on running, and my friends still ran. And and uh, but I told myself in my head that I couldn't. That the impact of running was going to provoke my back and was going to hurt my back. And um, and so I just didn't. I didn't for. For over three years, and then for some bizarre reason, I guess maybe like you said, because the gyms have shut, so I'd still go to the gym and do stuff, which you know people just try and replace the running. And then Christmas Day <clears throat> this year, uh, for some reason, I woke up and thought I'm going to go for a jog around the block, literally round the block. I'm just going to yeah. jog around the block, maybe because I want to eat all the food today. And I ran, and I didn't have any pain, and I was like, that's that's interesting. So I ran again Boxing Day, again, probably because I wanted all the food, just to gain a, a mile, and no pain. And I left it a couple of days, I thought, this is interesting, because I've sold myself the story that I'm going to be in pain, and I'm not. Um, so in January, and again, part to, partly to, to work on my mental health and make sure I was doing something, I ran every day in January. Not for anyone, not for anything. I just made sure that every day I got up and I'd either do a short loop, 15 minutes, 1.8 miles around the block, and then I'd do a 5K. And then mm. I'd do a couple of 5Ks. And then the next day I'd just do a mile oh, wow. and a half again. And then I'd do another. And I think I ended January. I ran 31 days, a total of 82 miles, did two 10Ks, four 5Ks, and a few other bits. Wow. That's and my back hasn't hurt at all. And, and you just realise how much you put excuses in front of you, put barriers in front of you, tell yourself what you think you want to hear. And But surely your, your consultant probably said, you know, had probably said quite sensibly, listen, your running days are, yeah. are probably going to be behind you. And there was probably... Uh, you know, maybe nine out of ten people that had the surgery that you had, that would be t- t- solid gold advice. It'd be like, you can't, yeah. I'm sorry, you can't do that anymore. But um, that's a great story. It's exactly that. Yeah, I, do you know, what? I, I, funny enough, I did it for my own kind of sanity, I think, because it is easy at the moment just to, to sit in. Um, and this month, ironically, uh, in the month of February, I'm not having any chocolate, sweets, cakes or biscuits. I'm really challenging yeah. my mind to see if I can, you yeah. know, how much I can overcome things. I love all of that yeah. lovely stuff. Yeah. And uh, I think, yeah, I want to overcome it all. Yeah. But for, one, one of the things I found was like, life became easier in a way when you let your body make the decisions yeah. instead of your mind. Like, honestly, it was like, I knew I had to sort my diet out. I knew I particularly had to sort my drinking out. And, the same mind that decided to drink was the same mind that said you shouldn't drink. But as soon as my body started feeling good, it was as if like, oh look, I'm feeling really good physically. Yeah. I don't want to yeah. do those things yeah. anymore because they make me feel like crap. Yeah. And yeah. it was when my body kind of took over all the thinking, I was like, this is easy now. Mm. This is easy. Like I, I, I haven't drunk for over a year. Uh, my yeah. diet is okay. And it's all because my body feels good. My body was like, look, I'm in charge now. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Give, give me this steering wheel. You've made all the, yeah, the wrong yeah. choices so far. <laughs> but all those, I'm sure that those running habits you picked up when you were probably at school, you know, when your talent became evident. And now, um, because you've, you've obviously, like, that's a special talent that you have. And now, and now you remembered it. And it's, I think yeah. that's... Um, 
Yeah, it's like for me when I play pick up a bass, some you know sometimes I just go like, um, and th in fact, particularly you know, um, ten years ago when I had a really really hor horrible spell, and I picked I I picked up a guitar or, or, or a bass, and I couldn't believe how good I was. I was like, how do I know how how do yeah. I know how to do this? Yeah. Like I had no yeah. concept of, um, and then of course that leads you back into the joy of, you know, bring yeah. some joy back into your life. But that's, uh, that's that's interesting because I found the opposite for me now. So when I pick up a guitar, I realise how much hard work it is. Like how hard yeah. it is for me to play an instrument compared to running. And then I just think you idiot. Like you swapped. You swap the guitar for running, thinking yeah. it was the right thing. But you're to do, happier but... now, aren't you? <laughs> you are. You are. We, oh, yeah. we laughed. I mean, you know, we laughed when we chat before. You're happier now than you were then. I think generally, aren't you? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I, I, it's because I I appreciate running now, mm. and I know what it, I know what it's really for. It's yeah. not for competition. You know, it's not. You know, it, it's not to do something for anybody else. Like it's not to make your parents happy. It's not to make your coach happy. Running is is for you. Yeah. And I probably wouldn't have known that if I just stuck at athletics. Yeah. Yes, I think athletics and running are two different things, you know. I, that, I appreciate well, running for what it is now. That's a, that's that sounds like a pretty wise thing, athletics and running, <laughs> because it's the same with music. There's like music and the music business are two completely different things. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, yeah. It's inter so athletics would be like the music business yeah. side of running. Yeah, it's, that's, it's the business side of it. It's the yeah. Whenever uh, I, I've done Q and A's with like uh, students, and and uh, you have to kind of. You, uh, accentuate the fact that uh, music, we love music, we love writing, we love playing, we love talking about it, but it's it's called the music business. Music yeah. Yeah, business. Yeah, exactly. And if yeah. you want to do the business bit, then it's not easy. And um, no. and uh, unless you've, you know, like, uh, uh, unless you're ready to grit your teeth and get through the last... 500 300 meters or wherever it is that's what it's a lifetime of of maybe not that dramatic but there's certainly going to be moments where you'll go in like fuck you know it's just yeah. the story of life completely there isn't it the last 300 meters maybe that should be the episode uh, name of this podcast the last 300 meters <laughs> yeah, yeah. listen i am gonna have to wrap it up now i know we we would love to but we we must call it an end otherwise we'll have everyone shouting us but, but yeah it's been, it's been lovely I've chatting really to the pair of you yeah i'm sure yeah. we could do a second one um and and talk 100%. more without without any doubt so um another todd album another yeah without oh. without oh god another yes, i wouldn't another put you todd through album. that guys <laughs> but, <laughs> we, we, yeah. we don't mind honestly um yeah. all that's left to really say is is phil thank you so so much for my pleasure for being with us today it's been a real joy um please guys listen to this if you've enjoyed it pass it on recommend it uh subscribe do all those amazing things that you need to do to make sure you join us again and from us thank you so so much and have a great week everybody thank you Woo! thank you take care bye-bye thank you good luck good luck with the edit carl <laughs> <laughs> Hello! That was fun, wasn't it? With that Phil was Thorn Alley. Phil Thorn Alley, yes. Phil Thorn Alley. Oh, mate, I mean, uh, I, wouldn't you love to just smash out karaoke, Natalie and Brulia, drop the <laughs> mic? <laughs>
Yeah, yeah, I co-wrote I, I, I co that. I can't uh, believe that, that that song was on the shelf for so long as well. I know. You just wouldn't... Uh, unbelievable how these things happen, isn't it? Yeah, Absolutely. yeah. Like, that song could easily have not existed. Because it was just on guy. a shelf. I love that song. I really do. I know. And a top bloke, isn't he? Such yeah. a good guy. Amazing. Such good... Uh, the Cure... Oh, Brian Adams. <laughs> I don't quite know what's just happened there. Podcast I mean, royalty. Had, we've had some amazing guests. Um, yeah. But yeah, that, that's some serious quality there, isn't it? That is some seriously strong fabric there. If you're going to make a suit out of Phil Thornalley, it will never go thin. Never go thin. He Top. has seriously got some credentials. Such a great guy. And he loved chatting to you about your running. I know, I'm surprised about that. I was ready I to wrap it up. I needed a pee and everything. <laughs> <laughs> Listeners by now are like, they've gone way over, but we had that, right? <laughs> no. Wow, yeah. Wow. It was almost uh, as if he pressed the red button and we just went into bonus territory, didn't we? You, you did just go into, I wonder what you're going to say then. Yeah, we did definitely just go into bonus territory. Um, <laughs> amazing, though. What a nice guy. Yeah. I yeah. enjoyed that. Yeah. I enjoyed that a lot. It was good. So should we uh, do this again next week? Ah, uh, send me a Zoom invite and if I find it, I'll be there. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, see you later buddy peace out mate love you bye 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 you lucky people have been listening to the Humming Punks podcast produced by myself Carl and sponsored by Sure